I forget how we start the episode. I know we only recorded like the ep- origin last week, but I I think just hello, welcome to Loser Like Me, okay. a Loser Like Lee recap podcast. Yes, I'm me, and and I'm me. <laughs> I hope you're you. <laughs> <laughs> I am you, and you're he, and he is we, and we are all together. No, I am the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make you the Eggman, though? Yes. I pressed on the moon! <laughs> Not the pull that I was expecting. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me, a Glee recap podcast My name is Christina and my name's Tanner. This is a show where we go through Glee episode by episode, and then we talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are coming into this episode, uh, I think we both watched it, yes, the episode yesterday. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Because today we're talking about the pilot. Yep. AKA the first episode. It's all songs about planes. Oh gosh, no, that would only happen if they like got sponsored by the Southwest or Delta or JetBlue or something. That's true. One song about a plane. Yes, there is in fact one song about a plane. Okay, I figure we can like I I went through and I read the I watched the episode and then I also uh read the uh read the both the Wikipedia article about this episode and also the Glee wiki article about this episode so i figure i'll just okay. sprinkle in trivia as it comes across <laughs> i also got a hold of some trivia okay you probably have more <laughs> i mean depending on what your source is maybe <laughs> maybe not the, the less than you i just went to the glee wiki and like well this looks interesting okay okay we should check in the, we should like check out the tv tropes at some point too yeah okay but <laughs> first we have to actually start the episode yes <laughs> so how does this uh how does this phenomenon begin, Tanner? <laughs> it starts with a sweet cheerleading remix. We start off as a cold open with the cheerleaders practicing and then uh the first Sue Sylvester insult of the of the thing is you think this is hard? Try being waterboarded. That's hard. Sue's an enigma. I mean, she's not an enigma, she's just extremely chaotic. This is this is true, but like some of the things she says, you sit there and you're like, how much of this have you actually gone through? Oh, believe me, I have like I have a whole list on my phone. Sue, I noted. Sue, when were you waterboarded? Were you waterboarded? Susan Sylvester, did you waterboard yourself for fun? Honestly, none of those are entirely off the table. Exactly. Yeah. I, I read a fanfic where Sue Sylvester was basically the dread pirate Roberts passed down amongst warrior women through the centuries. You know, I think I would actually read that. It was also a zombie fanfic. Like, that wasn't the premise. It was just like, by the way, this is why Sue is the way she is. Maybe not then. 
I don't usually, I'm not, I don't do zombies generally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> the cult open is literally the cheer, the Cheerios, aka the cheerleaders practice, and then it's just the title card. <laughs> yep. Which is, which is, I think it's craft gothic, just a white text on a black background. <laughs> yep. And I was thinking about this like a couple of days ago, and I feel like Glee, the series, is a satirical comedy. Definitely. They're, they're more often satirical than they are being, uh, I mean, they obviously have genuine moments, but. Yeah. Yeah. Th- priority one. Make a funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Believe me, like, uh, <laughs> there, there are some things that I was noticing and maybe picking up on as we were going through this episode, and I were like, this is, this is shades of things to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The actual episode proper starts off with Will driving into the parking lot of the school. <laughs> he drives a clunker. <laughs> yep. He drives a lemon, whatever you want to call it. It's an old car with a, with a muffler that is scraping the ground. <laughs> It's bad because he's poor. Lots of show and don't tell. And lots of things we're showing is, hey, everyone in this town has a shitty life. Yeah, really. Except for Sue, because I guess she just extorts uh, the whole populace. Yes. Oh, I have a note about that, too. It might be in the second episode. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I noted that the song here that they play is Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire, a.k.a. the only song over there is that anyone has any possible, like, any possibility of recognizing that isn't the 21st night of September. Um, Boogie Wonderland. I do not know this song. Have you seen Happy Feet? No. What? I, I've kind of seen Happy Feet within the context of there was one time I went to an urgent care and it was playing without sound in the, in like, the, the clinic room that I was put into. That sounds like the worst possible way to experience Happy Feet. I mean, it was fine. There's there's a big dance sequence mm-hmm. where the the two pang- main penguins, uh, the girl realizes that her heart song is the same as the, the tap dancing that's inside Mumble's heart, and they're both Boogie Wonderland. That's certainly one way to go about doing that. <laughs> and then they have a, like a, a Spanish breakdown in the middle of it. Okay. It's very good. I'm sure it's very good. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But this isn't this isn't a Happy Feet podcast yet. No, gosh dang it! <laughs> we're st- we're we've not only even barely past started. The first five minutes of the episode of the show that we watched. <laughs> Let me tell you about Happy Feet. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're playing Shining Star. Yeah. It's listen. It's ironic. It's oh yeah. It's so ironic. It's. It's like, oh, hey, it's a song about Shining Star, but then it follows Will as he walks into school, completely oblivious to everything negative going on around him, such as Kurt being obviously, like, like the jocks are going to throw him into the dumpster. And, like, who even fucking does that anymore? Well, apparently these guys do, because the the, the town of Lima, Ohio, is so backwards that all their bullying is from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, so they're gonna throw Kurt into the into the dumpster. Which sucks. And Will, like, walks by Finn, who is the tall jock boy that you've probably seen in promotional photos, if for some reason you haven't seen Glee in any capacity. Yeah. And, like, there's a point where Finn, like, Kurt is like, oh, like, they're gonna throw Kurt into the dumpster. And then Finn is like, oh, wait, hold on a second. And then he takes Kurt's Mark Jacobs, right? 
I think it was either Mark Jacobs or Ralph Lauren. I, th- I feel like it was Mark Jacobs. He like he holds Kurt's Mark Jacobs jacket for him. Yeah, the jacket and the man satchel. Yeah, he holds he holds Kurt's most important things while he is thrown at the dumpster, which I have n- the note here that says like, "Oh, he's so clearly conflicted about the whole dumpster thing." Yes. Um, Again, it's show don't tell. Yeah, I also noted that um, like this is probably taking place at some point in September, right? Yes. Okay, then how the fuck does Finn still have a summer report, what I did for summer report do for Will's Spanish class? Because he's very bad at education. Who? Both? Yes. (laughs) Both of them. Yeah, okay. Finn is not too bright, that is a character trait, and then there's a whole episode in season three about how Will is kind of a shitty teacher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna get to that. But we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. The point being, yeah... Because it's establishing that Will has faith in the kids that they'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. And Finn is very dumb, but he's nice and he's tall. Yes. And yeah. Kurt is gay. Yes, yes. Kurt's character trait is gay, which is real great. Because you, you would think that Ryan Murphy would have written his self-insert OC to be more well-characterized than that. Well, here's here's our first bit of trivia. Kurt wasn't even in the pilot until Chris Colfer auditioned. Yeah. And it was originally going to be a Middle Eastern character named Rajesh. Yeah. Which would, you know, add another minority for the bingo card or whatever. Yeah, swap swap a few minorities in and out. But also, like, I wonder how well written Rajesh was in this alternate timeline. I'm willing to bet probably not extraordinary, extraordinarily well, especially for the first two episodes. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Will, as Will goes into school, he stops in front of the picture of like his Glee club teacher from when he was in school. And underneath it, she has the quote, like, Glee is about opening yourself up to joy. Yeah. Which is like, surprisingly heartfelt for this episode that so far has been shitty. It's a good tagline. And they do try and stick with that vibe for the season or series. And the keyword there is try. <laughs> they try. They try real hard. Yeah. Yeah. We see the current iteration of Glee Club, which is one guy, Hank Saunders. Oh no, and wait. The- oh. Um before before we do the 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 Hank Saunders thing, um, I have notes here because Will's Spanish class that he's teaching, what he says is literally translated. How are you? Using the formal form of you. <laughs> My name is William. What a shame. I hope you feel better. <laughs> and like the in when like in what is translated into English like like what a shame. I hope you feel better. He uses the word ojala which my subtitles misspelled. But like my I hi, I have a Spanish minor. <laughs> my question <laughs> here was how the fuck are they already doing present and imperfect subjunctive if they are still working on conjugations of a star? <laughs> Because See, a star is one of it's it a star is a verb that you learn in Spanish in like the introductory Spanish class. You don't touch present in imperfect subjunctive until at least the third or fourth class up from introductory. You see, Will's teaching degree fell off the back of a truck. I mean, seriously. <laughs> like, given that, get. Okay, I'm this this has been Christina's angry Spanish corner. <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to be bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
Um, <laughs> then we go back to Hank Saunders. <laughs> Hank Saunders is your standard high school hunk type guy. Heavy, he only appears in heavy this air quotes pseudo teen. <laughs> yes. Listen, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we don't want to blow all of our criticism in one episode. It's still just the pilot. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. So Hank Saunders is there. He's a teen. Yeah. And he's being, like, felt up by the current Glee teacher, uh, Sandy Ryerson, played mm-hmm. by Stephen Toblowski, mm-hmm. while singing Where is Love? Mm-hmm. And I was having flashbacks to Oliver. I forgot this song was in here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it... I'm, like, the the one good thing I have to say about this scene is that, like, to be fair, like, Where is Love is a pretty standard, like, musical theater song to, like, train a singer on. It's a really it's, basic song. Yeah, it's really basic. There's not a, there's, it's pretty much stepwise motions of, like, you don't have to sing, like, octaves or sixths or anything. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he gets felt up. And then- Also, um, he's pretty sharp. <laughs> oh, do you mean, like, musically sharp? Yeah, like, not- Okay. Not to split hairs, but Hank, you're pretty sharp. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that, but I definitely believe it. Um, and then Rachel Berry. We see our first appearance of Rachel Berry like, glaring through the choir room door. She's going to murder both of them. Th- ominous acapella music appears behind her. And like, yo, sometimes... Like, that's literally like what it is. <laughs> It sounds like bees. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, and I, my note here is shades of Murphy to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like that, it is. It is. <laughs> no, we we said we had all the clues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we meet some of the other staff members yeah. in the staff room. So we have Will Schuster. We already met him. He's Spanish. Mm-hmm. We have Ken well, Tanaka. He, 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 to be clear, he teaches Spanish. He, he, he is Spanish. white. He extremely white man teach the Spanish. <laughs> yes. We have Ken Tanaka, who Asian adjacent. Um, I feel like I, he might be like either Eastern Asian or like Pacific Islander, but I cannot confirm that. I don't know about the actor, but I'm pretty sure at some point in the show he refers to himself as ethnically ambiguous. Okay. Uh, and we have Emma Pillsbury, who mm-hmm. is the guidance counselor, who has either OCD or germophobia, leaning towards the latter. Yeah. Because it's, like more, it's, about, yeah, it's more like about it's more about the cleanliness than the order. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more cleanliness. Um, the Okay, so the this school... McKinley High School is having to go extreme budget cuts to pay for a nutritionist for the Cheerios, which means that they cannot have coffee for the teachers. Like, yep. for one thing, I caught like I've I've worked in food service. Coffee does not co- cost that much to be able to fund. Like, we're talking maybe like one can of Folgers per per like month or something. Yeah, and. And also, coffee is not that big of an expense. Are you drill? <laughs> um, I think I think it's more likely that Sue just told Figgins to get rid of it for the flex. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> because then she can show up with her uh, Starbucks lattes, hashtag non-spawn. Actually, yeah. they probably were sponsored. 
Then she brags about how great the Cheerios are. Mm-hmm. She says that she has an interview that she's going to use by FaceTiming on her iPhone. And she says it like it's a flex because iPhones are new. Yeah. And then I realized this is 2009. iPhones were new. Yeah. Yeah. I have a note about 2009 that'll come up in a sec. <laughs> is it the weed? No, it's not the weed. Um, but yeah, uh, Ken also, uh, Ken clearly has a thing for Emma and is kind of a sleaze about it. He's so creepy. It's not great. And it gets worse. It gets worse in this very episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so Ken has a thing for Emma, but Emma has a thing for Will. And she stares at him with an almost murderous intensity. It with with like her fixation on Will is so extreme that she I don't think she blinks when she's looking at him in this scene. That's definitely just an expression she has for most of the show, and that's not Jama Mays. I'm pretty sure that the directing yeah she can blink. <laughs> Ryan Murphy directing, and he's like, now Jama, I need you to open your eyes so wide that you're concerned they're gonna pop out of their sockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh that is probably what happens. Um and. This is where Will finds out that Sandy Ryerson has been fired mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah, that. For, teacher. for, for illegal teacher-student relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um, more on that later. Yeah. So, Will apparates into Fagan's office. Principal yeah. Fagan's the principal. Like, who's gonna, who's going to take over Glee Club? Fletch, Gilligan cut, I want to take over Glee Club. <laughs> I like how, okay, well, mind you, I guess Will wouldn't necessarily question it because no one says, oh, yeah, he was feeling up a kid. But I'm, one would hope that at some point Will was like, oh, no, did something happen? Yeah. I mean, we would hope, but we aren't shown it or told it, so. Yeah. Let's, let, let's give the benefit of the doubt and say it happened off screen. Yeah. Yeah. And that Hank, because, yeah, Hank has only seen that one scene. So I hope Hank, like, went to a different school or yeah, something. Yeah, he probably transferred. Maybe he transferred to Dalton and we'll see him in season two. Maybe. We'll pretend he's there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's one of the nameless, faceless vocal adrenaline dancers. Maybe. So yeah, Will's in Figgins' office. Mm-hmm. I want to take over Glee Club. Yep. And Figgins says, okay, you ha- but you have to pay the activity fees out of your own pocket because it's $60 a month. And you have to use the costumes and props that you already have. Yeah, which is not a lot. Also, Principal Figgins is played by the incomparable Iqbal Theba. Yeah, he does he, he does such a good job, like, being, like, the complete straight man to all of this, like, ridiculousness that goes on. Like, as well, as the show goes on, he's he manages to simultaneously be the straight man and an utter buffoon. Yeah. I mean, it's like... He's very serious, but he's also incompetent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> Will, uh, when, when Will is t- trying to persuade Figgins to let him run Glee Club, uh, he says, oh, like, like, I want to make this, like, this will help kids be happy, and that, because uh, right now they're all sad, and that's why every one of them has MySpace pages. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's why every one of them has a MySpace page. And I'm like, that reference was dated even in 2009. Yes. And even, it's... In, even in 2009. And there are two separate MySpace references in yeah, this okay. episode. Um, uh, I have a bit of trivia about the other one when we get there. Okay. 
Um, yeah, also, um, school budgeting doesn't work like that. Real life, the, the Glee Club would be funded by bake sales and selling pizza and magazine subscriptions and cookie dough. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, parents paying for it. <laughs> the Parent Booster Club. The alumni. Alumni donations. We need your alumni donations. We're dying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so so Will takes over Glee Club and he's like, well, I, I need to rename it something different from when I was in it and we can't just call it Glee Club anymore. And so and like so many white men, Will thinks that this problem can and will be solved by rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> so he decides to call it New Directions. And I don't know if the writing staff realized all the jokes that would be made at that when they wrote it. I'm almost certain they did, because whenever they're announced at, like, a competition or anything through the entire show, they're always announced as nude erections. Really? <laughs> and no one blinks at it. And I, I desperately wanted, like, by the series finale to someone go, Oh my gosh, nude erections! Oh man! But no. <laughs> Walk. No one figured it out. Yeah. But yeah, then we get to go into the audition scenes for Glee Club. Yay. So and another fun fact is that almost all of these auditions were done live. A lot of the songs in the show are pre-recorded. Yeah. And then they just play them back as the characters lip sync and like yeah. feel the emotion and all yeah, that. Yeah, they get, they get like ADR for their own music. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the audition songs barring Rachel were all done live. Really? Yeah. Also, Artie never had an audition song in this. Yeah. They I didn't that decide too. on one until later in the show. Okay. So the first one we see is Mercedes Jones. Mm hmm. And she sings Respect by Aretha Franklin. Mm -hmm. It's and very she, good. She does great because Amber Riley is fantastic and she has a great belt. Amber Riley can do no wrong, and I wish we did get a full version of, of Respect by her. Oh, gosh, yes. It would have been so great. Tina sings I Kissed a Girl. Mm-hmm. Should have been by. Should have been by. We Listen, we don't know. She, <laughs> she was a teen for most of the show. Maybe she figured stuff out. Should have been on screen by, I'll say it that way. <laughs> yes, there we go. That's... Um. But yeah, and like her performance of I Kissed the Girl is just as awkward as a as any kind of dramatic show-offy high schooler would have been in that situation. Yeah, she's also, she's very goth. She has a stutter. Yes. And she stutters when she writes, which is just kind of silly. Yeah, those, because that's her only character trait at this point, Tanner, is that what? she's she's friends with Artie, she stutters, and she's goth. Yeah. She does she does slam her hands into her hips with a thrust when she sings I Kissed a Girl. Yep. She that she does. Um so Amber Riley auditioned for the show with respect. Okay. Uh Chris Colfer, who plays Kurt, who we saw next, he auditioned mm -hmm. with Mr. Cellophane, and yeah. so we see that in the show. Yeah. Holds a high note for an extremely long time. Yeah, he has to sing through his break range though. There was like like at the point where it's never even new. I'm like, ooh, you were singing in your break there for a second, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jenna Ushkowitz, who plays Tina Cohen Chang, mm -hmm. she auditioned with, I think she auditioned with something from Les Mis. And oh, then okay. there was a completely different song that she was practicing for the show. And that the last minute, like, you know what? No, you're going to sing I Kissed a Girl. It's only like three bars or whatever. So we're not yeah. going to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Artie doesn't get a song, even though Kevin can sing. 
his actor Kevin McHale can sing. Yes. Um, before we go into the more the <laughs> the most emphasized part of this audition scene, I was like, I'd like to take a moment to comment on how this is a really good way to introduce characters. Yeah. Because then, like, you get to see like. Then they actually, you know, get to introduce themselves and show off what they can do. And you can see through, like, their physical movements, like, what kind of a character they are or what kind of a person they are, that kind of a thing. Like, that's good. That's a good scene. Like, so we haven't given much description to the characters yet, but let's break it down real quick. Uh, Mercedes, she's she's a big black girl Mm -hmm. and she has a big voice. She's sassy and she's powerful and confident. She has a big fashion sense, too. Yes. Tina Kuan Chang, we talked about, she's very reserved um, mm-hmm. on her own. And then when she starts singing, she starts breaking out of her shell. Kurt is, so his name's Kurt Hummel. He was named after the character he played in Sound of Music and Hummel figurines because he has rosy cheeks. Yep, because Ryan Murphy looked at one in his office and said, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done worse. <laughs> yeah, me too. Also, Chris Colfer was, like, six months out of high school. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my roommate that because she, like, saw it over my shoulder. And I was like, yeah, like, that kid's, like, 18. And, like, I feel like Amber was maybe, like, the next youngest out of the original six. I think so. Because they definitely look and act the youngest out of all of them. Yeah. Like, Mercedes seems older because she has attitude. But when, when she kind of starts opening up, like, oh, right, you're a teen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then Rachel Berry is, like, clearly 23 Rachel or something. Rachel Berry. Rachel fucking Berry. <laughs> Enter the Rachel zone. Yeah. Um, I know here that we have another rack focused to Rachel like she's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> she, a li- she a little bit is. So she's singing on my own from Les Mis. Yeah. And she and it's, signs- it's, like, let's be fairly Michelle here. It's very good. It is, it's an extremely- so, hey- so I was adjusting things for my sequel fanfic when I was thinking about this today. Yeah. And it was hard for me to think of a song that Rachel should sing other than just doing a reprise of On My Own. Yeah. Because she does it very well. She And Leah Michelle also acts Rachel Berry very well. Yeah, yeah. She, she does a good job with this. Maybe partially because I think she maybe had the most experience out of the main group of teens in acting. It would, well, it would have been her and Jenna because her and Jenna had been on Broadway like yeah. pretty much the same time. They were their life, their childhood friends. So, so they both have experience in acting, which is good to know, good to yes. keep in mind. But yeah, um, Rachel talks us through like, like all of her. She she reads us her own character summary. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're wondering why I always sign my name with a gold star. It's a metaphor, you see, for me being a star. Because I'm a star. <laughs> The star beside her name on the sign-up sheet erupts into flames as we yes. see Rachel Berry staring directly at you. <laughs> yes, yes, because metaphors are important. And then she gets slushied for the first the first ever um, instance in the series of a character being slushied in the face. <laughs> yes, a slushy facial ad we, as we would come to know and love them. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so Rachel, uh, Rachel calls Sandy a closet case, which is not great. <laughs> But she's not uh, homophobic. She has two gay dads. Yeah, of course not. And they gave me every single possible kind of training for musical theater. And it is the only thing that I've ever pinned my life on. So, you know, it's going to be I'm going to be in, I'm going to be immediately successful and it's not going to cause me any kind of character development whatsoever. <laughs> I've decided I decided from a young age that I was going to be on Broadway and I will kill someone to get there. 
<laughs> she might. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, she has a laptop that looks like a brick <laughs> with a sticker on it that says hot stuff. <laughs> oh, the hot stuff laptop. That was just a good image. <laughs> yes, it's a very, it's very much so like, you know, she's had that sticker since like, like, oh, three. <laughs> yeah. And she's been saving it to put on something. Yes. And she put it on her laptop. Um, also, so she films a video of herself. She does a self-tape of herself singing and then posts it on her MySpace every day. <laughs> she and, claims this is the reason that she doesn't have time for dating. Yes. And, like, okay, here's the other bit of trivia. In the original script, she was going to be posting them on YouTube, but Ryan Murphy changed it to MySpace instead. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, YouTube existed by 2009. Yeah, I, I literally have that in all caps in my notes, YouTube existed. But yeah, he changed it to MySpace because I guess maybe he was getting MySpace money or something. I get, for, for the whole pilot, he got MySpace money. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, in some not great news, um, the Cheerios have every video that Rachel posts, they cyber bully her on it. <laughs> They say things like she should get sterilized, which is not great. Yeah, I hope your parents return you. Yeah, which is just, woof, not great. Um, Listen, and then teens have, are bastards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, there, it's not being shown as like, oh, ha, it's, it's funny and cool to bully teens. It's shown as a bad thing. Like, the fact that On My Own is playing through all of this. Yeah. Like, does kind of undercut the fact that, oh, Rachel talks a big talk, but she was profoundly lonely. Yeah, we might even say depressed. <laughs> Was there anyone on the show who didn't have clinical depression? Maybe. We'll we'll we'll, we'll find if the, if they are in the show, we will find them. All right. Um. But yeah, we have the second slushy of the series, which is technically a reused shot from the first one, but I'm still counting it as a second instance. Um, it's for the drama. Yeah. And before you leave the auditions, um, my note here is Rachel gets to sing way more than 16 bars. No fair. Yes. Like, what did you have to sing when you auditioned for music programs? Actually, uh, let me think. Because when I auditioned for Oliver in high school, I didn't want to use an Oliver song. So I grabbed Where Did We Go Right from the producers. Mm -hmm. And I think... Oh gosh, I don't know how many. I may have sung the entire song, now that I think about it. Okay, okay. Um, but then when it got to callbacks, it was like, okay, sing like the first verse of Where Is Love. Okay, now sing the first verse of That's Your Funeral. Okay, cool, see you later. Mm-hmm. I think when I was in high school, our auditions and also like our placement on the, like our, like our seating chart was assigned by us singing like the first, the first like, the first four bars of My Country Tis of Thee. All right, then. Yeah, it was like, okay, I, I don't know why my director picked that. I guess Paula was just doing what she was doing, what she thought would work, and it did work. So, big shrug. But we do pretty much cut immediately to the, the their first rehearsal. Mm -hmm. It's Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat from Guys and Dolls. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're actually doing, like, a, a pretty decent job, like... They all, like, they're doing well with the choreography. Mercedes is able to actually do the lift with Rachel. <laughs> they have the melody down, but Will is not happy. Yeah, well, because the, the they do the choreography, but it is bad choreography. Yeah. 
And also, uh, once again, Sit Down Your Rock in the Boat is a pretty basic song. Yeah. Um, at least at the level they're doing it. If, if you have, like, a whole... Listen, you have the whole stage full of guys, and they're all renouncing Satan. Yeah. With the full orchestra instead of just one Brad and the piano. Yeah. It's, like, the best way to describe this scenario is it's kind of dinky. Yep. Yeah, it, it's very much so, like, the first song this Glee Club is learning. <laughs> yes. And Rachel kind of... Do they finish the song, or does Rachel just kind of cut it short? They finish it out. And then Rachel kind of ends it on an unceremonious note by pushing Artie out of the spotlight and into a wall, I think, or something. Yeah, she does shove him directly into the wall, and that's what ends the song. Yeah. Uh, She's mad that Artie got the solo, and that it's a song called Sit Down and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, not great, not great, not great. He's like, well, I think Mr. Shu is trying to uh, use irony to enhance the musical number. Okay, Artie. To which Rachel says, there is nothing ironic about show choir. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that written down, actually, so thank you for remembering that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot the context of that line, and I thought it was in a later scene. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out why... What? What is not... Why is show choir not ironic? Why is it not allowed to be ironic? Yeah... Also, if anything else ever happens, ironically, in their musical numbers, I'll definitely make note of it. Go for it. Do it. Season Um, wrap-up. Here's the irony count. Yeah, gosh. (laughs) Don't take a shot every time that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, then we we do another cut to Cheerios practice, where Sue is heckling them again. Hasn't she ever heard of positive reinforcement? (laughs) Um, Try living with hepatitis. That's hard. Yeah. Uh... Will comes over to find Rachel because she is sitting, watching the Cheerios, and is being sad. And at this point, she's changed outfits. So Um, apparently, that's because they were doing a different... So again, this is information I gleaned from listening to uh, Kevin and Jenna's podcast, who played Artie and Tina. They're mm -hmm. talking about how in the original version of the pilot, they were doing a disco number. Um... I don't know what song they were doing. I don't think oh, they mentioned. Oh, okay. So that's that's so that's why he says, "Oh, you changed out of your costume." Yes, because they okay. were in costumes, and now there's a different. Apparently, also Rachel's wardrobe changed a few times between shoots, and the pilot we got, as, as tightly written as it is, it is kind of cobbled together from I think three different versions of the script. Yeah, I could feel that. I could feel that. Also, um, maybe we'll have to like post an image from "Sit Down and You Rock in the Boat" as like the episode image or something because like those outfits were who boys real something <laughs> yeah will finds rachel because she's watching the cheerios and she's sad um will says that oh like maybe the others are upset because at you because they're jealous of you <laughs> every every te- every educator's response to someone demanding the spotlight and not getting it yeah pretty um, much yeah And Rachel knows that everyone hates her and thinks that being in a glee club can change that. (laughs) Because doing something special makes you special, right? (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, I mean, I get... I understand where that kind of sentiment comes from, but it's not a great sentiment. And listen, so here's a spoiler for the very end of the series. But Rachel does say that being part of something special does not make you special. Something is special because you're a part of it. Which is a better thing to say, but unlike some of the other stuff, 
Rachel's line here, being being part of something special makes you special, was 100% meant. That was what they were going for. Yeah. That was the other through line that they wanted for the season. So Rachel demands that Will find her a strong male lead that can match her musically and physically. Uh, yes. Wanky. <laughs> Will find me a boyfriend. <laughs> Basically. Um, and then Will gets summoned to Figgins' office and Figgins says, we're, mm-hmm. we're shutting it down now because Alcoholics and Anonymous wants to use the auditorium for their meetings. They are paying 10 bucks a head and there's a lot of alcoholics in this town. Yep, which is real great. Um, oh, yeah. So, also- oh, wait, no, they... Alcoholics Anonymous wants the classroom. They get the auditorium as like a consolation. No, he said he said Alcoholics Anonymous wants the auditorium. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. my bad. And yeah, but Will convinces him to keep going because he's like, but the Glee Club is so shitty, you have nothing to worry about. At least let us go until sectionals. Mm-hmm. At least at least let us try until the part of the season where we feel like we're gonna get cancelled because this show weird. Yeah. Why will why would Fox keep us on the air after everything we plan on pulling? I don't I don't know. I do not know. Um, yeah. Then it, then we get to go see Will's wife Terry. She works at what is definitely not Bed Bath and Beyond. It's called Sheets and Things. Yes, she works at Sheets and Things. So Terry is there being a jerk to her coworker because he can't fold a fitted sheet. And like, okay, Terry, well, we're, we can't all be miracle workers who can fold a fitted sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Will shows up to surprise her with lunch, and she gets upset that there's mayo on this, on her sandwich because, quote, if my diabetes comes back, I can't get pregnant. And I just have no that's not how anything works, but also Terry is another person who it's like, nothing out of her mouth is a real thing that people say. No, and, um, yeah, so, the here's the thing. This is an abusive relationship. It is. We are going to see that throughout the course of at least this episode and the next episode, and probably through the rest of the at least next season and a half, if I had to guess. This is why you don't marry your high school sweetheart right out of high school. If you really have a hankering for them, you break up after graduation, you both see many other people, and then you come back together ten years later and realize that the spark is still there. But if you just... Graduation, time to get hitched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they have this conversation about how, like, oh, like, Will's having to work extra hours because he also agreed to help out with detention... And Terry gets upset because she's on her feet three times a week for four hours a day. Oh, the humanity. And I'm just like, the writing staff has clearly never been in an educational capacity since they were in school as students. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, shout out to teachers. Teachers do so much. Teachers do so much. Will appreciate appreciate the educational staff in your vicinity today, please. Will, when you think about it, Will does go above and beyond the call of duty to keep this Glee Club running and help yeah. these kids. And see, like, here's the thing: like, I I I was doing a, t- a count before we started recording. Like, eight of my fam eight of my family members are in education in some capacity. Like, people who work in education, they work their asses off, like every single day, to help out kids. Yes. Will is not a Will is not a derivation from the norm. No, he's super not. 
Um, that being said... <laughs> yeah, let's go see the exact opposite of a good teacher. <laughs> he he runs into Sandy at Cheats and Things, and mm-hmm. Sandy basically brags about getting fired. He is that customer to the poor staff of Sheets and Things. Yep. And then he also says that thanks to his nervous breakdown, he can now get free medical marijuana from his doctor whenever he says that he can't sleep. Yeah. Um, which is, which, which at the time was not, and I don't think is currently legal in Ohio? Medical marijuana was legalized in Ohio in 2016. Wow. I'm sure Glee trailblazed the way. A But yeah, he also gives Will a free sample because Sandy is also a pot dealer now. And so, Will has a little satchel of free pot. Keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Check Will's inventory. Includes free pot sample. (laughs) Hair gel. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, Will does maybe the most pragmatic thing, and he actually goes around trying to recruit people to Glee Club. Um, So he goes and he asks Sue if the Cheerios would be allowed to join just to, you know, I think he even says to like help make them better performers or something. Um, and Sue says no. And she mentions like, she talks about like the social strata, AKA like the mean girls perception of high school. Yeah. And at one point she mentions live action druids and trolls. And I'm like, I'd be down to do that. And she also clarifies that the LARPers are cooler than Glee Club. Yeah, I think she, that is that is what she says. And then we cut to Emma uh, con- giving Will some advice after she steps in freshly chewed gum and is unable to move until Will cleans off her shoe for her. Yeah, which is, it's also a really sweet scene. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Will cranks the charm up to 11 whenever he's with Emma. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that he does, that he does. Um, and then Will goes to talk to Ken and the football players, um, and I just have a note here, uh, toxic toxic masculinity abounds. (laughs) None of the football players are interested in signing up for Glee. (laughs) Well, we get some cuts of Finn where he's like, oh, maybe, but I don't think it's cool enough. And like, his face does kind of light up when- He does have a face journey. (laughs) He has a face journey when Puck is like, oh, I'll audition, I can sing. And then he goes up to the front of the locker room and he just farts, and that's it. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Lar fart, farts, bro. Yeah. And then we go into. So this is this is the most problematic moment of the series so far, and probably will uh, can hold that position for at least a few more episodes. <laughs> Listen, the weed scene sets the tone. Yeah. Um, so what happens series. here? What happens here is that Will, um, I guess, forgot something in the locker room, and he comes back when Finn is showering. He does not. He does not try to like look at Finn or anything, but he overhears Finn singing. Can't fight this feeling. Like, yeah. and he sounds, you know, like a teen would. Um, which then leads to what Will describes as the blackest moment of my life. (laughs) He brings Finn into his office and shows him the weed and is like, I found this in your locker. (laughs) Yep. It was a random search. Yes. 
Finn denies everything, and then Will says, like, you could go to prison, son. And then there's a rack focus shot to a sign in the background of his bulletin board that says, priority number one, help the kids. <laughs> Which, like, made me wonder if, like, if that was maybe an intended shot, or if that was, like, the production team, or the camera crew being like, hmm, what if we did this instead? And then Ryan Murphy said, yes, I like this. I, f- I feel like it was a column A, column B thing, because one thing, I forgot to do it while watching the episodes that I watched yesterday. But if you look in the background, you can see a lot of incredibly wild, like, school club signs. Oh, yeah. I remember in one episode, there was a Loch Ness Club. Oh, that's so good. And it's not like there's any detention drawn to them. It's like, in the background, while someone's having a conversation, you're like, what? what is that flyer for? Oh, yeah. I have notes about the set dressing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Will does a, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed and then gives Finn joining the Glee Club as a way out of getting, uh, out of, like, having this on his permanent record. Like, <laughs> like, like high school records mean literally anything after you've graduated. Yeah, but also considering how, in the fiction of the show, Lima is such a backwoods town that y- you might only be as good as your high school diploma. It's it's a decent yeah, enough fair. risk, I would imagine. Okay, that's fair. By the way, Lima, Ohio is a real place and is not nearly as deranged as the show makes it out to be. Yeah. And it's I'm, I'm pretty sure that no one from the real Lima likes this show. I can see why. <laughs> they throw around the term Lima loser a lot. Yikes. Yeah. Um, then we get to have an anamorph from now Finn to baby Finn. <laughs> like it's it's literally like the Animorphs book covers. Like his hair comes down and and like covers the sides of his face and his like and his actual face shape rounds out to be baby Finn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a it's something. Baby Finn plays the drums. His mom's a, a stressed out single mom. His mm-hmm. dad died in Iraq when we were fighting Osama the first time. They have a portrait of George W. Bush hanging up in their house. And did they also have a portrait of Reagan? I don't know. Because I thought I thought it panned from like one portrait of a president to the dad, and then W. I'm not about to go back through the episode and rewatch yeah. it. But. And that would that would be, even just the Bush portrait is weird because the more we get to know Finn and his mom Carol, they're not Republican in the slightest. No. Uh, Finn's mom, Carol, gets a boyfriend who's who works for a service that paints people's lawns green. Yeah, it's called Emerald Dreams. And it's like, yeah. if, if you can't even afford AstroTurf, just get some green gravel. It's fine. It That might be honestly like the most dystopic thing that's shown up in the episode so far. Yeah, that's... They're like, hey, we want to make sure you know that Finn and his mom are... Tra- they're not trailer kids, but they're like one step removed? Yeah, you 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 get the feeling that they're like literally like right above the poverty line. Yeah, and like they, they I feel like they should have just made them living out of a trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just go all the way in a sh- in a show where subtlety usually we okay we talked a lot about show don't tell, but the showing is not subtle. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and like. This this flashback establishes that Finn's whole thing is that he just really wants to make his mom proud, and I'm like, okay, that's a good boy right there. Yeah, because cause the boyfriend left, the, the Emerald Dreams guy, Darren, left his mom for a girl he met at the pick-and-save. Mm-hmm. 
and Romy, Romy Rosamond, who plays Carol, is just acting the hell out of... She probably thought she was only going to appear in the pilot in two other episodes, but mm-hmm. she gives it her all, because she I love Romy Rosamond. She does a really good job. But yeah, um... Then, then we get to like, like, quick cut to Finn singing in Glee Club now, <laughs> and it's "You're the one that I want" from Greece. And Rachel hones in on him like a vulture to her prey. <laughs> oh, see, I was gonna say Rachel hones in on him like a shark smelling blood in the water. <laughs> this also works, and and also Kurt is like, "Excuse me, what is going on here?" He. <laughs> Kurt pretty, is similarly alarmed, but he is less obvious about it than Rachel is. <laughs> pretty sure that one second was used in a good chunk of the trailers promoting the show. Yeah, it's, it's like, you're the one that I want, you're the one that I want, oh, 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 honey. Because <laughs> it's like, it's that droll of a delivery. Um, But yeah, so Finn's in Glee Club. <laughs> and he's freaked out because Rachel is like, hello! <laughs> hello, tall husband. <laughs> She's not quite to Final Pam territory yet, but she's on the way. Oh, I don't, we don't have to sully Final Pam's name by dragging Rachel into this. Uh, that's true. That is true. But yeah. And then Mercedes breaks it up because her character trait is angry black person. Well, let's at least say sassy. She's not angry yet. Okay. Um, yeah, because she's Beyonce. She's no Ke- Kelly Rowland. Oh, like, I'm so sorry they made you say that, Amber. These are the only points of reference we have for Black Singer and Black Singer, who was on a recent season of American Idol airing on Fox. Tune in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how that rehearsal ends. So mm-hmm. far, all the rehearsals have ended with someone getting angry. Yep. Great club so far. So good. Um, and then Will recruits people to go on a field trip to... Oh, no, wait, no. Oh. First, we have to have Terrible Craft Night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um... Will and Terry have a domestic fight over their budget. <laughs> um, because Terry is extremely materialistic and apparently just wants to like buy everything that Pottery Barn has ever made. And she says, it's not nice it's not a bad thing to want nice things or have a glue gun that works. And like I agree about the glue gun part, but it's just like she's extremely materialistic. She might be bordering on being a hoarder. <laughs> She's making purchases and hiding them from her husband because of the quality of life that she wants and they together are not able to support. Yeah, like if she somehow has three Balinese mahogany toilet brush holders, suddenly they'll jump a tax bracket. Yeah. Then Terry actually, like, speaks some truth because she then, like, flat out says to Will, like, you're trying to make Glee happen because you want to recapture your glory days. Yep. But you're not the high school football player anymore, and I'm not the cheerleader, and we need to, like, grow up and move on. And I'm like, excuse me, Will was a football player? Well, he- Matthew Morrison is pretty jacked. I mean, I'm not denying that, I'm just saying, like, okay, so, like, they could have made it a plot point that, like, oh, hey, like, Will can connect to Finn by being like, I was also in the football team and in Glee Club, and look, I'm successful. Maybe he was a shitty football player who grew up to become a shitty Spanish teacher. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, he's... We... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, because the fight starts because he wants to recruit other teachers to um, help chaperone a trip to Carmel, which hosts mm-hmm. the most recent national uh, champions for Glee Club. Or, I don't know if they're national champions, but they definitely made nationals. 
yeah. vocal adrenaline. And so he puts a sign-up sheet in the staff room, and Emma signs up. After staring at it, and then behind her, Ken is aggressively shredding paper while staring at Emma, who is staring at Will. Yeah. Yeah. We quickly cut to Ken yelling at Finn for missing practice, because he has to go on the trip, but uh, Finn tells his friend Puck that he has to help his mom for uh, surgery recovery, because she got her prostate removed. Yeah. It was engorged. We never said that Finn was a smart boy. He he's not smart. He's not smart. He um, has he ha- he might have a decent wisdom, but he has very low intelligence. <laughs> very much so. Oh gosh, I could I should write a Glee D and D fanfic. Um, I part I I'm curious to see what comes of that. We we, we, we got a bonus episode. Yeah, we gotta do a Boko on fanfic. There we go. Yeah, we'll put it on the list later. <laughs> yes. Um, and then. In the trifecta, a hat trick of Ken being not a good person scenes, it cuts to Emma cleaning the door handle of her car, and Ken blatantly tries to, like, flirt with her. He tries to ask her out on a date, and she says, I'm not that into you, and I'm interested in someone else. And he immediately figures out that it's Will, and then is so offended that he, that what he does is he licks his hand, and then rubs he rubs his hand on Emma's car door. And, like, I felt violated. Yeah, like, even if she didn't have germ issues, that's fucking terrifying. You can, you can, you can swear, Tanner. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I remember being furious watching this ten years ago. I don't, but I'm sure it probably was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not super great. And it's like... The whole Ken lusting after Emma thing, it is a lusting, because he doesn't even seem to have a concept of her personality and her likes, unless he can use it against her. He's inviting her to a monster truck rally. He he shows some extremely slight character development in the second episode. Debatable. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Well, we'll, we'll, We'll come back to that in the future. Yes. So they go to Carmel, and Rachel and Finn have a conversation in the concession line. Because they're very talented. Yes, and Rachel pretends not to know that, that Finn has a girlfriend. Quinn Fabray, captain of the Cheerios, and the Celibacy Club. Yes. Um, and there's, like, there's literally a shot where, like, she and Finn were, like, Quinn and Finn are making out on someone's couch, presumably hers. Because yeah. I think there's a shot of, like, a Jesus picture or something. Yeah. Um, But, like, they're making out, and then Quinn is like, wait, let's pray. <laughs> and, like, two fun trivia effects about this. Um, First off, Diana Agron, who plays Quinn, like, literally was only, like, hired for this job two days before filming started. <laughs> Yeah. And then during this scene, Ryan Murphy kept trying to tell her to be sexy, and she was just extremely uncomfortable during the whole thing. Do you want a third fun fact? Do I? Diana Agron is Jewish. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. The, for maximum irony points, so Quinn Fabray is staunchly Christian, and Diagra Agron, who plays her, is Jewish. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Rachel Berry is allegedly Jewish, but Leah Michelle, who plays her, is Catholic. I... See, I wonder if she's maybe just more, like, general Christian. I feel like Leah was definitely raised Catholic. I don't know if she's still practicing or not. Well, I, I googled Leah Michelle religion, and it immediately redirected me to Catholic faith. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um, 
Then Will and Emma decide not to uh, get concession food, and they go to have a conversation as they split a PB&J sandwich, which is cute and reminded me that, like, at some point, was it, like, was there an obsession in, like, the Will and Emma shippers about the food that they share? Because I feel like PB&Js were a thing and cookies were a thing. I don't know, because I didn't pay a lot of attention to that ship. When we get to season two, I can talk like head to tails about shrubs and chairs, but I can't tell you anything about peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I, I feel like it was a thing. Um, but yeah, Will mentions that he and Terry have been together since high school and haven't apparently haven't ever broken up. <laughs> and then also, wouldn't Emma know that already? Like, wouldn't that have come up in casual conversation because they've they've both been at this school for at least a full academic year beforehand? <laughs> So here's the thing. Tanner was just, like, moving their jaw and no sound was coming out. So the thing about this show is that space is warped and time is bendable. Yeah. So basically, Will Will tells to, uh, talks to Emma that marital problems exist, and Emma's like, I mean, I'm not glad that you're having marital problems, but it is a point in my corner, basically. Yup. And yeah. then they watch Vocal Adrenaline perform. They're very yeah. good. They perform rehab. They do rehab, it slaps. Like, this is a... I realized that, like, they they probably had an actual show choir come on to be vocal adrenaline in this instance. Yeah. And they're very, they're very good. I don't think there's any solos. Like, the staging makes it look like a, there are some solos, but I think all of the, the, the voices are mm-hmm. just everyone. Yeah. Most of it is sung in unison. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we'll come to find that that's kind of vocal adrenaline shtick, is that they almost give no solos. Mm-hmm. Which is honestly probably a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when the song ends, um, the Glee kids look they look like they've all collectively shat their pants. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot that they gave Tina a stutter, sad face. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I think she only has two lines in the pilot. Yeah, she's like, we're doomed. <laughs> Listen, it's it's only relevant for like a, a few episodes. Yeah. So then we cut to Will exiting. See, the way it's shot is you you want to think he's exiting Carmel, but it makes more sense that he'd be exiting his own school, McKinley. Yeah, presumably on like the Monday after this happens. Yeah, so he's walking out of school and then he gets surrounded by the footballers with paintball guns. Yeah, he gets cornered by his fellow football players. <laughs> yeah, Puck declares that he googled it and chicks don't have prostates. Which is maybe not as uh, good with gender identity as we would like. <laughs> um, it was 2009, they did no shit about shit. I'm not yeah, saying they're 09. okay, it's just no. that it's not shocking. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, um, so then, uh, Finn's fellow football players shoot him with paintball guns by the toxic masculinity militia, (laughs) as Don't Worry Be Happy plays on the McKinley High School Steel Drum Club. It's- listen, getting hit with a paintball hurts. Yeah. Like, draws blood when you're hit from a distance. This is genuinely terrifying, because he's being shot with these- at close range, on a school campus, while also steel drums are playing in the background. Yeah. This is like, again, this is this is Shades of Murphy to come. Yes. I just have in my notes, those are some weak-ass paintballs. I mean, they must be. Clearly. Yeah. 
I'm, I must have, like, been enraptured with the rest of the show because I immediately cut a few scenes ahead in my notes, so I can't remember what happened okay. next. Um, Terry tells Will that she's pregnant, and I have a note here saying I hate this subplot. <laughs> um, I love it for how preposterous it is. It is very preposterous. Um, Will decides to immediately quit teaching because he needs to make more money now, and I have a note here, at least finish the semester out, Will. Yeah. Um, wait, what, what's, where do your notes resume? Uh, the song. Okay. Um, yeah, Will, uh, so, uh, Will goes to tell the Glee Club everyone is sad, Finn is like, okay, I guess this means I'm off the hook then. <laughs> and everyone was like, excuse me, what? And so then Will leaves the auditorium, and at one point he's packing up stuff in the auditorium, and he finds a single guitar left on a stool, and he looks up and he finds the single spotlight. And then he begins singing, leaving on a jet plane. And so this song in the original script was supposed to be Viva La Vida by Coldplay, but Ryan Murphy could not get the rights to it. Thank you, Coldplay. They He didn't get rights to Coldplay songs until the end of the first season, beginning of the second season. Because I know it was definitely related to the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow shows up and then at some point she's like, hey, current husband, it'd be weird if I was on a show that isn't allowed to use your music, so. Yeah. But yeah, so so Will sings Leaving on a Jet Plane, which is which is a very sad montage as Emma draws hearts around his face in a yearbook. It presumably, in what I wasn't interpreting as, like, her personal copy of the yearbook, the school's copy. <laughs> I would hope it's her personal copy. That's weird, kind of weird either way. Yeah. Like, it's, um, it is relatable, but also you are a grown woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I'm like, well, we should also note, that, like, it's a current yearbook. It's not, like, his high school yearbook. This is true. Yeah. She has, like, a moment of, like, determination. Like, I'm gonna fit, like, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> Even though she doesn't know what's going on yet. Um, and then Will works detention. And there's a kid who looks like Shaggy in the foreground of the shot. Yeah. And then like it zooms in on him applying to be an accountant. Which like, don't you need to have a degree to be an accountant of any kind? I... It's possible that he... Like... I don't know. My cousin-in-law... My cousin-in-law is a CPA and he had to go through like... I think he had to at least have a master's in, like, maybe, like, acutarial science or something. Well, maybe he did have a degree in accounting, but after he found a teaching degree on the side of the road, he was like, you know what, this looks like fun. Yeah. And then while the song is still going on, Emma overhears that Will and Terry are expecting, and then she's like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, also, can I just say, leaving on a jet plane does fit the scene better than Viva La Vida would've. Oh yeah, definitely. Because Will- it is a very moving song. It's been one episode, Will, at no point did you rule the world. Mm-hmm. Well, he ruled the world in high school. Yeah. This exact same high school, but back in 93. I Also, I totally forgot that it was um, a song from the pilot. Yeah. Just because it, in my opinion, it didn't have much of an impact on me. <laughs> but also, I think I was, I was watching the pilot at a point in my life today where I had written off a lot of Will being a, a character yeah yeah i i think maybe i think i feel like will and rachel maybe in the first season get the most development yes i'm sure i'll be more invested in will by the end of the season and then eh, we'll, maybe this this whole journey will see me just lose that investment over time once again <laughs> yeah yeah 
So then, like, we go to some, like, Will and Emma, like, hang out in, like, in, like, the teacher's lounge or something. And then, like, he tells her that he's leaving and he says, I'll miss you to his completely platonic co-worker. Um, and she sets him up for an appointment in, quote, the career center, unquote, which I guess is just also the teacher's lounge. Yeah, because they do just meet in the teacher's lounge when we see this scene. Yeah. And then we also see Finn talking to Rachel and she's trying to convince him to stay mm-hmm. because she she has another murder reveal because like he opens his locker he closes his locker and then she's been standing behind it for presumably a few minutes. <laughs> she has appointed herself interim leader of the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. And she basically gives him a don't hide your light under a bushel speech. Yeah. But he's like, I can't I I need to be cool. <laughs> football. <laughs> football. <laughs> and then he does go to football practice and Puck's like, well, you're, you're, you're dumb and gay for wanting to sing, but since you're back, we got you a welcome back present. We put the wheelchair kid in the porta potty. And we're going to tip it over because that's definitely not a felony. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they had to build a custom porta potty to fit the wheelchair in there like so. Doesn't surprise me. We can't we can't get like we can't pay for music rights, but we will pay to make a custom porta potty for this one episode gag. Yep. Well, all the money in the world won't stop you when someone says I don't want my fucking song on Glee. Yeah, that's true. Um, what's his name from Foo Fighters? Like I think he was about to throw hands with Ryan Murphy over whether we they would put Foo Fighters music in the show. Oh, I I would pay to see that. I would pay <laughs> to see that. Finn then shows his character development and gets Artie out of the porta potty. And Finn has his we're all losers speech. Like, I'm gonna do glee and football because you can't win it without me and neither can they. So Rachel's ego is already rubbing off on him. Yes. <laughs> Good job, Finn. And and then I have a note here that Finn hallucinates the Emerald Dreams guy on the football field. Yeah, I also had a note. Like, I couldn't tell if this was a hallucination or Darren the Emerald Dreams guy just came back into Finn's life at an opportune... I feel like it was a hallucination. Because, like, Artie doesn't seem to react to it either. Yeah. Listen, Shokar may not be ironic, but it's definitely metaphorical. Yeah. But yeah, so we go back to a, a meeting of what is left of the Glee Club, and it's now just a BDE contest. Pretty much. Yep. Rachel and Mercedes are fighting. Help Mom, the girls are fighting. What's the tea? But yeah, then Artie and Finn come back, and they're all like, oh, hey, we're, we're like, you know what? We're all just here because we all want to be good at something. And then... He says, I don't want to be the guy who just drives around throwing eggs at people. And Kurt's like, wait, that was you. No, Mercedes says, no, wait, that was you. No, wait, I thought that was I thought that was Rachel who says... It was either Rachel, Rachel or Mercedes who says, wait, that was you. And then Kurt says, you threw pee balloons at me. Mm-hmm. And Finn's very sorry. Then Kurt says, you nailed all my lawn furniture to my roof. Yeah. Which is just like, that is a buck wild thing to do. Because, like, how could you nail furniture to someone's roof without people waking up? They they must have been out. Listen, they were, his dad was at work and Kurt was at school, and clearly the kind of people who nail lawn furniture to your roof do not care about missing class. Yeah, that's true. So, you come home, oh, this is a thing. Okay. 
But yeah, the, the, the Glee kids get to have their Megazord forming moment. Everyone brings their special talents. Artie, Artie brings in the jazz band. Mercedes brings in the costumes. Rachel does the choreography. Finn has the music. Tina. Tina, Tina stutters. Tina's also there. And Kurt can't contribute anything, I guess. Kurt wears a frilly shirt. Yeah, it's just... They just completely pan over Kurt, which sucks. But yeah, they're like, we can do it! So after that scene, uh, Emma shows Will footage of his original high school glee club at which Nationals. I, I will note that they just they just play the audio and they have him listening to it where you can't see the laptop screen, so they don't have to Photoshop it. Which is funny because they did actually film the musical number that they're allegedly watching. Maybe they just were like, oh, this footage doesn't gel anymore. Yeah, because so in the original pilot, it was going to open with Will's time in the Glee Club as a teen. Okay. And so like Lillian Adler, the old Glee coach, would have been alive still. And then they're going to perform the mashup of That's the Way, Uh Uh-huh, Uh-huh, I Like It, and Shake, 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 Shake Your Booty by Casey Mm -hmm. and the Sunshine Band. Also, according to Glee Wiki, I don't know what episode this is established in, but apparently Will's high school Glee Club was called the Sing-Sations. Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, um, this is when, during this Will and Emma scene, like, it's an extremely, like, heartfelt moment. Like, Will cries, like, he says, like, I didn't know who, like, I knew who I was when I was performing, and the only time since then that I felt like that was when Terry told me I was gonna be a dad, and, like, there's a musical, there's, like, the musical theme that's playing through here is called Looking Back by Carrie Muzzy, or maybe it's Musy, but, like, this this little this little simple piano instrumental theme is like played during the romantic like the genuine romantic moments of the series and I really love it. Yeah. Like it's a great piece of music. Glee is all about the 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 singing music, so you sometimes you can forget how good the score is. It's very good. Emma has a moment where she asks him like, "Well, like what kind of parent do you want to be?" Do you want to be a parent who shows their kids that money is important or that doing what you're passionate about is important? Yes. Good, good statement. Yeah, it it is a very good statement. Good lesson. Do you want to lead us into the last scene of the episode, Tanner? So as Will is walking down the hall, he hears some distant... I can sing. Actually, no. We we started too high. We, we did. <laughs> oh well. Um, the six founding Glee Club kids are performing "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. If you know anything about Glee, you know that that's basically the theme song. Yeah, and like, actually, like, fun fact: I saw on I think it was on the wiki that apparently there actually was a theme song for Glee that was recorded at some point, but they never used it, and they can't. And they can't release it because Fox has the rights. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like buck wild and also I want to hear it. I do too. Who sang it? Dark Fox, show me the Glee song. Did all of them sing it? Anyway. Um, I, I was I was hyped for this musical number. Like my notes literally, I was so hyped that I misspelled believing when I got to this point in my notes. <laughs> it's happening. They're believing. Yep. <laughs> they, they sing it real good. Although my note, my one note for the song says, you can tell that everyone other than 
Finn and Rachel are just like studio singers because if Mercedes was actually singing in the background, you'd be able to hear her in the background. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mine one of my notes is the background singers are here too. They're invisible, I guess. <laughs> Um, and also every single one of the jazz band members is wearing a trilby. <laughs> I don't think the drummer was. I f- <sighs> What a strange thing to notice, though. <laughs> well, look, okay, when you're someone who has been around a- who has been around a high school jazz band before, <laughs> <laughs> like, you- you know what the aesthetic is. <laughs> the big trilby um, energy. Yeah, really. Um... And I have a note here that, like, oh, like, the Glee Club actually, like, the choreography is something that you would kind of expect from, you know, like, a group of teens doing their own choreo. Yes. Oh, I think, I think by the time I we get to the- I still do most of this, most of this choreography. Yeah, I think, like, one thing I'm going to notice throughout this whole show is that the choreography is realistic and develops realistically across. Mm-hmm. It gets better as they get better. You, and you can tell, like, when we start meeting other show choirs that have been around for a while, like these legacy show choirs, their choreography is good because it's kind of the skills are grandfathered in and they have all the preceding mm-hmm. members can teach the younger members. But Glee is starting from scratch. Yeah, definitely. There, none, of, none of the cast are good dancers except for Kevin McHale. And he plays already in the wheelchair. Yup. Because Ryan Murphy was like, LOL, let's be ironic. It was so that he could have a dance dream sequence a few times. Okay. Which I don't think was worth it necessarily. No, probably not. And like, I think I think the best praise I heard from actual wheelchair using act- actors and actresses and just people in general is like, well, he's real good at playing the person in the wheelchair, but it should have been an actual wheelchair user. Yup. As the song plays, like... Puck looks at it with disdain. We, yeah, we get, like, there's a few moments during the song where they, like, cut away to people, like, being around the auditorium. Like, Will comes in and he's already crying by the time they get to the second verse. Yeah. (laughs) We pan up to, like, Quinn, Santana, and Sue on a catwalk looking up and being menacing. (laughs) And then Puck walks in, hears a few bars, and leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Which I felt like was something they pulled from High School Musical. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Puck's vibe as he walks in and out of the auditorium is like, I'm going to get my revenge. And then, as the, like, once the song ends, Will, like, approaches them and he gives them actual notes. Yeah, which is, like, unexpected. I think he gives them advice on how to do a Glee Club better twice in the whole show. Yeah. This, I actually wrote down what advice he gives. <laughs> um... The only advice that he gives is that Rachel needs to hit her ones and fives more, which I'm assuming is referring to the choreography as in the dance steps, which are traditionally counted in a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movement. Okay. Um, And then he thinks that they can get Finn up to a high B. I do not know where on the, which B on the musical staff he is referring to. I can't remember how to read sheet music. (laughs) If I had to guess, it might have been maybe the B above middle C, because that would probably be where, like, an untrained tenor would, or someone who is wanting to be an untrained tenor would try to get to. I think, I think at some point they say Finn's a counter tenor. Oh, he, well, I don't remember what counter tenor is. I might have to rewatch that clip. It's okay, we can look on Wikipedia afterward. Yeah. 
And then the episode ends on this, like, terrifyingly close-up shot of Will looking directly at the audience and saying, From the top! And then it's the end credits, like, Also, apparently, um, when they were shooting the, the scenes where Will is watching and, like, crying, and so they're not shooting the cast members, they were just hump-dancing with each other. Oh gosh, I I actually really love that. And then Ryan Murphy have to had to come on the intercom, and he just said, "Stop fucking around." <laughs> and so, this is going to begin then what I'm going to be calling the segment of where Ryan Murphy is the god of glee. <laughs> I mean, it, in the in Jenna and Kevin's podcast, they did describe it as the voice of God. Oh no! <laughs> Jokingly, but yeah. I mean, seriously, though, like, in this fiction, like, to compare it to the show that we are maybe not so, that we are maybe uh, not so subtly taking our cues from, (laughs) if Papa Heim says no kisses, Ryan Murphy says stop fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my, here's Christina's last fun fact for the episode. Um, this episode has the most songs, which includes 14 uh, which also includes the unreleased songs, but only five out of the 14 were unreleased during the show's main run. Um, and they released a sixth song, which is the full cover of uh, Sit Down, You're Rockin' the Boat on Tap Tap Glee, which I think is an app. It was an app. Uh, the Tap Taps are defunct. It was replaced with a different Glee app after the show ended, and that one is also defunct now. Neither of which surprised me. <laughs> So now we come to the wrap-up portion of the episode, where we're going to give a gold star to our favorite song and our favorite moment, and then a slushy to just the worst whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a song, maybe it's just the people. Yeah. So, Christina, what do you want to give a gold star to? Yeah, uh, I started, so I'll start here. Um, My my gold star for, for song is going to for for this episode it's got to be don't stop believing same it 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 has to be because like it's it's just like it is the song that started glee like i can guarantee you that when this episode first debuted that i probably was going around my house singing don't stop believing for days afterward (laughs) um uh do you want to do your best song then oh no my gold star moment was also don't stop believing for sure okay um my wait are we doing separate moments or well if if it's the same like they don't have to be different oh okay i i would like to i would like to give a gold star to something else though yeah that's fair um i'm saying we don't my... have to match we don't have to come to a consensus okay cool um my 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 gold star for best moment is that is just like just how just how hard people were working on this pilot of this show. Like, cause I, w- I was going to say like, Oh, it's like, it's, it's how Finn re- really wants to be like a good kid for his mom and make his mom proud. And I was like, no, it's going to be Emma, like encouraging Will. And then I was like, no, wait, actually there was a really, there was a lot of good acting in this episode. And like, you can tell that the production team was, g- was also generally trying really hard. So I'm going to just say like the, be- <laughs> The gold star for best moment goes to the people working on this show to make it happen. Th- that's very general, but okay. 
What about you then? What's what? Do you have a specific best moment? Yeah, I'm specifically gonna gold star the speech that Emma gave to Will just before "Don't Stop Believing." Okay, that's fair. I that's think good. that uh, sums up most of what the show is, rather than them trying to put a tagline on the show itself. Mm-hmm. Do we want to do worsts? <laughs> yes. What moment would you like to slushy, or what aspect uh... of the episode? I want to slushy the whole Ken licking his hand and rubbing it on Emma's uh, car handle. Yeah. Because, like, that that has still stuck with me that it is a terrible thing. Yeah. I am going to slushy. I didn't have a chance to bring this up in the episode, but they dropped the sea slur regarding disabled people several times in this episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I can forgive a lot of stuff, but, like, well, it's it's expected to say stuff like that because of the time, or you're going for like a satirical black comedy or, thing. Yeah, or because you are deliberate. It is being deliberately used by the hate sink character for this episode. Exactly, but like just dropping still it still doesn't justify it. <laughs> yeah, dropping it for for fun for sh- for fun laughs is just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, that's bad. I did have that in my notes. We just didn't talk about it. So thank you for bringing that up. And. I think that's it. That was the pilot yeah. of Glee. We, we don't have to rank it yet because we only did one episode. It's number one! <laughs> yes, it is number one for now. There remains to be seen. Yeah. So next week, uh, we're going to be watching season one, episode next, two. Next time? Are we going weekly with these? Oh, no, we're not. Okay. That's, you're right. You're absolutely right. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, oh, God. Don't do this to me, Tanner. Next, next time you hear from us. It's season one, episode two, Showmance. Showmance. Jazz hands. <laughs> There's a good amount of jazz hands in Sit Down, You're Rockin' the Boat. Oh, yeah. But until then, I guess, what's our sign off? Are we going with Break a Leg? Yeah, let's go with Break a Leg. All right. <laughs> break, break a Leg! leg. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. One. Two. Oh. <laughs> you said that right as I went to go take a drink. Gosh dang. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. You're fine. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six.